0: Put your prayers up, yeah up, up Bless us with the Lord, put your prayers up Prayers up, prayers up, up. Bless
1: us yeah. with Lord, put your, Lord. Yeah. your up Welcome to Prayin' and Freaking. a time to show, tell, and know how prayer changes things It's not a cliche, it's a reality with your girl Georgette, a.k.a. The Freaker <coughs> My goodness gracious! Well, I thank you. That was, look. Listen here, somebody did not want this to happen because <laughs> this technical stuff was giving us a fit. But we got it. Praise yeah. God! Yes, want to do it? Want to do it? All right. So here we go. We're about to get this thing started. We're about to get it started all right y'all welcome 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 to another episode of praying and preaking with your girl Georgette, aka the preaker and i am super excited because in the building today i have the super married couple darrell and veronica williams they are going to be chit-chatting with me today I thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all. They have no idea what the topic is. I love it because they, I love it. People just come and agree to sit down and talk to me and just don't even know what we're going to be talking about. (laughs) That's how much they love me. That's how much they trust me. Like, I love it. I love it. I love it. And so welcome guys. I'm going to go ahead before I even get started because I get so excited and I start talking. I just want to give a word of prayer first. Then I will let you guys Introduce yourself, whatever you want to share with the people, because I feel that no one can talk about you better than you. Like, you know, you better than you, you know, better than I could ever describe you. I know um, both of you guys, but I let my guests describe themselves. But let me go ahead. Get into this word of prayer first, and then the next voices you will hear will be Darrell and Veronica. So, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come right now, first and foremost, God, just thanking you, Father God, Lord. We thank you, first and foremost, for allowing the the electronics, Father God, to cooperate, Lord God, so that we could be able to get through this interview. Lord God, right now, I just ask that we have a time of fellowship, Father God, a time of laughter, Lord God, a time of educational knowledge, Lord God, wisdom, Lord God. We pray that this uh, podcast that this episode will touch someone, Father God, even if it's just one. Lord God, we thank you in advance for the lives that it will change. Lord God, the couples that it will help. Lord God, Lord, right now as well, I just want to thank Veronica and Darrell for taking the time out to to sit and chit chat with me. Father God, Lord, I ask that you continue to bless their marriage, touch their marriage, Lord God. Ignite a fire, Father God, throughout the marriage, Lord God, for what is to come, Lord God. I thank you for their their ministry, Lord God, and what it is that they're doing, Lord God, we ask that you continue to put a hedge of protection around their family, Lord God, and bless everything that they are connected to. In your son, Jesus name, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. And I thank you. So whoever wants to go first, whoever, I'm going to leave that up to you guys. So whoever wants to go first and let us know who you are, whoever wants to go first. So I'm going to be quiet.
0: So we are and Veronica Williams, and we are the owners of Alliance Seminars Coaching, which is a veteran owned faith based organization that provides coaching services, motivational speaking, and certified workshops. Um, We work a lot with um, companies, individuals, right? Doesn't matter uh, whatever they need as far as uh, coaching, leadership, relationships or purpose.
1: Awesome. Cool. Anything you want to add, Veronica? Or Darrell covered it all.
2: <laughs> he covered it all. I'll just add that we've been married for 23 years. Uh, almost 23 years.
1: 23 <laughs> years. All right. And so as I was, since I know you guys and I know what you do, but I, I always c- kind of go and just Look at some things because I'm telling y'all I really don't know what we're going to talk about I always like, okay, god, you know, I have an interview like what are you going to give me these questions and It always seems to you know, something works out and he always seems so as I was just going through and looking at your um, website and just going and and just kind of finding some things that we could talk about something jumped out at me Um, And I've heard Veronica say this before, but something really caught my attention. And I was excited when I saw it. And I was like, ooh, yes, because I am a foodie um, and I love food. And so there was something that Veronica said on the website that you guys have on your Alliance uh, Seminar website. And she said at the end about her healthy hookup. And so mm-hmm. that is going to be the topic of discussion today, the healthy hookup. And so I was like, oh, I love that. I love that. That." So what do you mean by that? Like, where, where did that come from? How did you get to that term, the healthy hookup?
0: So it's really two different versions of it, right? The non-faith based version is the healthy hookup. And then the faith-based version is the holy hookup.
1: Mm, Okay, I didn't see that because I would have said that. Oh, I like it. Mm -hmm. Okay, 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 let's
0: go. (laughs) So the, the holy hookup comes from when we talk to individuals. Sometimes you hear a lot of people say, you know, I'm looking for the right person. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that and one thing we just share with people is stop looking for somebody stop looking for the right person and just practice being the right person Mm -hmm. because when you're practicing to be the right person then you're doing all those things that god has called you to do Mm -hmm. and then it's just like adam and eve adam didn't know he needed somebody adam was working he was busy it was only when god tapped him on his shoulder and said hey you need companionship that's what we try to tell people is quit looking and just do what God has already called you to do and let him do the hookup. Because when we do the hookup, sometimes it just doesn't work out.
1: <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. So that's the holy hookup. So tell me about the healthy hookup, Veronica. What, what is that? The
2: healthy hookup is that we mutually um, you know, strive to have um, a successful marriage. And that we mutually respect each other. We mutually love each other and we try to keep all the drama out of it you know we try to just uh do it the way god would have us to do it um you know dealing not you know some people might say a crazy cycle when you're continuously arguing but we really try to make sure that we are mutually respecting and mutually um loving each other as god would have us to do and that goes the entire uh, realm of everything in our marriage.
1: Okay. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm gonna have to add that as a subtitle now that you said that hold Cause I didn't see that, but I love that Holy hookup. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw that, I started thinking about food. I said I was a foodie. And so I was like, how can I, you know, tie this in and, and I just can't. So I looked up the definition of healthy health and it says a state of physical, mental and social well-being in which disease and infirmity are absent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. And so when we think about, you know, a healthy diet, like the healthy diet helps us to maintain or improve like our overall health and it consists of certain nutrients and really essential. That's what it said. It consists of essential nutrients that we need in order to maintain a healthy diet, a healthy lifestyle, a healthy body. And some of those things that it says that are essential nutrients to our body is fluid, macronutrients, micronutrients and an adequate food energy. And so what, you know, using this as an analogy, what, you know, things, what is that? Four things that I mentioned, what four things are essential for a healthy marriage that you guys think? I mean, I know there's a lot, but just give me four things that you think are, you know, essential for a healthy marriage.
2: Number one, it would be Christ. That's what Mm. makes it holy because it's not of your own doing, but it's of Christ and his doing of connecting the two of you. And secondly, the other nutrient would be love.
0: And then the other thing too is you want to look out for what's the best interest of the other person. Too many times an unhealthy hookup is I'm hooking up for what I want versus mm. what I can bring out of the best of that person. And the last one I've been telling people all the time is you got to get a divorce from yourself. Too Ooh. many times we bring in other factors into the marriage. So it's like, how can I be one if I'm still loving on myself? So I'm selfish. Which means no matter what topic, no matter what situation comes up, if I have not divorced myself, then I'm not totally into the marriage.
2: And that divorce yourself is any excess baggage that you need to discard of cannot come into the marriage because that itself will infect the body and infect the, the, the marriage.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's good. We we carry so much stuff and and I and I I think that's with any relationship as well, you know. And so mm-hmm. definitely with a marriage, you know, all of that that hurt that you know from previous relationships, all of the disappointment, mm-hmm. all of those things that can come in and then affect, you know, the relationship, the marriage. And so that's good. Like, you know, that's I never even like divorced yourself. I like the way you said it. I like the way you said that.
2: And another thing is to be vulnerable. Marriage allows you to be vulnerable, open, trusting. um, And if you don't have those things, even in the dating phase and leading up to where you want to be engaged and married, there's already already an issue. But you have to um, let everything about you be exposed because the person Mm. you're marrying um, it's going to see everything that you thought was not a problem, you know, such as maybe squeezing the toothpaste from the middle. No, that other person liked <laughs> it from the bottom, you know. <laughs> you thought it was okay until you meet with someone, you know, you connect with your spouse, and they was like, oh, that's weird. I always did it from the bottom because then by the time I get to the top, it's all there. And I don't have to continue to push, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so those are the same same concept that we can use in our marriage. And that is uh, making sure that we're, we're doing things um, that is going to benefit the two of us
1: and not just one of us. Right. I like that girl. You made me think about Lord. I know this side boy right here. Now when my husband and I first married this man, this was something that drove me. He would leave the caps off of things. Like I would like, Dude, what are you doing? Like, I mean, and even though it was on his side and but it drove me crazy. Like, you know, he has a bald head. So he would shave his head and leave the caps off the alcohol. And I'm like, who does that? Because if you knock it over, you're gonna spill or <laughs> leave the caps off his toothpaste. So guess what? I started buying my own toothpaste because I'm like that drove me crazy. Cause the first thing I'm thinking like, Ooh, something's going the germs and all that. But those are things, like you said, you don't know until you <laughs> get into this relationship and it may seem small, but it can turn into something big, just leaving cats off of stuff, you know? And if you don't have that conversation beforehand, like you don't even realize that. So it's, and I had to work through that because I'm telling you, like that was a really big issue for me. And like I was like, oh my goodness, you know, something as small as leaving a cap off the off of something, like. <laughs> but it's true, like you know, it it because you got two different people that are coming together, and now you're in this relationship, and it's like, you know, so that's that's good. I like that. I like that, that. So
0: and and that's why in the beginning of the relationship, right? Unfortunately, some couples right they don't send you know themselves because themselves leave uh, caps off of stuff right don't put the toilet down right Ooh. so what they do is they send a representative so during the dating phase a lot of times you with the representative who does everything right and you're like oh i like this person we're gonna get married and then i was get close to the wedding in the proposal, it's like, okay, the representative's like, okay, now you gotta go. I'm like, no, I'm not ready yet. Too late, now you gotta go. But now the real person goes and proposes and you're like, yep, let's do it. And then after you the honeymoon, you're like, well, wait a minute, where's a nice guy? Where's the person who's opened up the door? Where's the young lady that used to cook for me and all that? Oh, that wasn't me, that was my representative. This is the real The representative. <laughs> so now no. we gotta sit down and like, okay, let's sit down, let's let's go back and retalk some of those topics that we had because obviously this is not who I was talking to. So now let's really break this thing down, and then you have to sit down and come up with what we always talk about goals for the marriage, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Not getting married just for the sake of I'm looking for financial stability, I'm looking for a trophy wife. It's like, no, really, what is the goals mm-hmm. of our marriage? What do we want? Mm-hmm. To do, And it's not like, well, what do you mean? The goal is to get married. No, 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 that's an act. Mm. What's the goal? What do we want this marriage to produce besides children? Yes. And that's what allows you to come closer, allows you to think deeper and you go, okay, well, you know, here's what I don't want, right? I don't want divorce. I don't want arguments. I don't want, um, This and that. And then those things help build that foundation for what you do want the goals of the marriage to be. And once you, you know, iron those things out, it's not that you're going to get them in the first, second, third, even the fourth year. But the key is as you continue to grow and evolve and be, you know, less selfish, those goals actually start coming together.
2: And it Mm -hmm. takes deep conversation about it and being real and true to yourself. About those conversations, Mm -hmm. as well as um, the thought was there.
1: I'm sorry. Um,
2: It's okay.
1: Just being true and authentic. Just being true and
2: authentic. You know, an authentic. Getting past the uh, surface talk and dive deep in your conversations and deep in what you really want, and not be passive to say, oh okay you want that that's fine i can do that but be honest and truthful you know don't just haphazardly just say yes for the sake of yes when you know deep down that that's not something you can get with Mm-hmm.
1: so basically have your voice like don't mute your voice just because you're trying to please the other person like and be able to be able to because that way you can talk through it you know and and just be honest like you said so right
0: and, and then the I other part that. about that too is even as a male spouse, you don't want a wife that just does what you say or doesn't have a voice because the key is down the road. You don't you don't Uh
1: oh, go, go ahead.
0: Now. No, because down the road, <laughs> you're going to come into some life challenges where you need that other person, right. To be a part of the solution. See what people don't realize when you allow God to do it, right he connects you with somebody that's good in some areas that you're not and And that's the beauty of marriage and the mystery of the marriage if you get into a situation that you don't know and you think well i'll always use a hammer to work out these things in my life well guess what now you're in a situation where the hammer doesn't work and that's the only tool you've been using since you were single with a hammer so Mm. now you go with your spouse who says well you know what i have this and i have that I think this might work. And you're like, well, why would that work? But you don't know that that's why God gave you her or God gave you him. Mm -hmm. Because now that person is going to complete you in a sense of not that you need somebody to complete your marriage, but you need somebody to help you grow in marriage. Mm -hmm. And
2: you're entering, um, an inter partnership. It's not just one sided it's both. So a person should never lose their voice. Um, I, heard, I hear a lot of women saying that I'm finally getting my voice, but it's not really that you're finally getting your voice. You should already had your voice as the two of you were learning about each other and diving deep about who, you, who each other is, what your goals are, what you want, and you don't have to uh, try to find your voice, but you want to be, that's why when getting married, you want to know whether you can free that each of your, each of you, the both spouses can freely speak their mind mm-hmm. or what is on their mind or, or whatever they're thinking about. If not, that is considered a red flag because you're both adults. You're both are in this marriage and you both have a say as to what's going to happen. You two are in charge of what's going on.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I I was looking to like, you know, there was six things that were like daily must haves in, in in the diets, you know, and as you're looking at this whole healthy thing, it says, of course, you know, you need to have colorful veggies every day on your plate, you know, and beans and fruit grains. Uh, lean meats and milk and like your dairy, your milk, your yogurts. Of course, they say that it should be reduced fat. And then most important is your water. And so these are like daily things. So like, you know, when you look at a plate and you are looking to see like those healthy green leafy vegetables and then, you know, a little bit of fruit and your grains and your meat and all of that. And so What six things should couples incorporate on a daily basis, you know, to help to create that healthy plate? So when people are, well, not even people, that when they're looking at their marriage, like what are six things that, you know, six daily things that couples should do to incorporate that in on a daily basis to help with that? healthy vibrant looking plate you know when you see that good plate with all that stuff on it you like just want to dive in and so <laughs> what six things can we do daily to to have our marriage nice and healthy as well? I would say pray mm-hmm.
2: and do a daily devotion and talk about that daily devotion and see how it is applicable to the both of you.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, then some of the other things too is um, managed expectations sometimes Mm. we come into a marriage and we have unhealthy expectations unrealistic expectations and when you talk about you know no kidding like here's what i'm thinking and here's what i was i've seen here's what i've experienced you both allow those expectations to be manageable and you talk about what's real and what's not real Right. And then you talk about to me, one of the things you have to have is God's equation for marriage. One plus one equals one. Mm. Again, you cannot come in here with this selfish piece. Well, that's your side of the marriage. It's my side of the marriage. That's your (laughs) bank account. That's my bank account. That's your bills. That's my bills. No, no, no. One plus one equals one. You need to Mm. figure out how that's going to work. And then the thing is you have to come up with a true decision-making guide. How are we going to make decisions before we have kids, after we have kids, mm-hmm. after we're empty nesters, right? No kidding. Hmm. Like, how are we going to make decisions as we move forward in our marriage? And then Ronk already mentioned the other piece was that authentic communication, right? The word authentic means it's got to be real. Yes. It's not, well, I just want to say something because I don't want to upset him or her no it has to be authentic but if you say it with the right tone it might not upset them Mm -hmm. right but if you're saying it with a tone that i'm trying to get at them or get back or get revenge and yeah you are going to upset it um and then roles and responsibilities Mm -hmm. a lot of times because of where we grew up and how we grew up you know well i saw my mom used to do this or my dad used to do that well that was back then just 2021. What's the real role, the responsibility that we should play mm-hmm. in our marriage? And what do we want to bring into our marriage? And then the last two is just money and intimacy. Ooh! Those two have a tendency to really mess up the marriages because we come into it thinking that sex equals intimacy. And sex is not intimacy. That is just a byproduct of intimacy. Of intimacy. Mm-hmm. But again, if we don't know that, Right, we're coming into this situation and trying to figure out what's wrong and why are they not connecting? It's like, well, we're not connecting because you don't know my love language. Mm. So, you got to do some research to find out what is real intimacy and what are the different parts of intimacy so you're not just focused on one part.
1: That's so good because, guess what, that goes right into my next question about this intimacy and, and because it is a big part and it's mm-hmm. so fun. That's why I'm like this. It always, God just always gives me everything. And it's so funny because when I'm doing these interviews, like it always kind of just rose right into the next question. And so I wanted to know, because we know that intimacy and sex is a big part of marriage as well. So what three tips can you give couples to keep that Sweet and spicy going in this, you know, in this relationship. Like, what three tips can you give to keep it? I I like to say sweet and spicy because, like, sweet and spicy is so good to me. Like, it's like, you know, when you're eating something and you get that little bit of sweet and then you get that little bit of spicy. Like, you know, we have my husband and I, we love this. Uh, when we go to Florida, there's a place that we go to that has the best chicken and waffles. And the first time we went, they put hot sauce in the syrup. And we were like, what in the world? But I tell (laughs) (laughs) y'all, that sweet and that spicy, like that hot sauce and syrup, you wouldn't think that, but it's so good. And so that's the same thing, like, you know, with the relationship when you are married, like it just Mm -hmm. should be when that sweet and that when that syrup and that hot sauce come together, y'all, that thing is good. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> <That's not> good. <laughs> <laughs> so, what three tips can y'all give us to keep this thing sweet and spicy? Mm-hmm. One of the
2: things, not just sweet and spicy, but what keeps the flame burning?
1: Ooh, what right. keeps
2: your fire lit? Um, and I would say. Um, a
0: date night, having regular mm. date nights. Mm-hmm. And then the other two things is one is you really do need to know um, your spouse's love language. That that is such a thing that people don't realize. It's so small, but it's critical, mm-hmm. right? Because if your love language is touch, and the other person's love language is words. You're touching them, trying to figure out, well, what's going on? That should set it off. And they're waiting on some words, and you're trying to run <laughs> to the touch, and you're missing each other.
2: Yeah. You feel like we're not connecting. We, and, uh, we, mm-hmm. we don't have that emotional connection.
0: And the truth is, you don't, because your language is one thing, their language is other, and you're both waiting on the other to connect. Right? So you got to know the other person's love language. And, and then the last thing, really, and here's the key that people need to understand is the intimacy cannot be about you. Mm. You have to come into that situation with only thing on your mind is how do I please the other person? It's not what I can get, but what I can give. Because when you're not focused on you and you focus on the other person, that's all God really wants you to be doing. Mm -hmm. And that should be your only thing. Because here's the blessing. If you focus on trying to Take care of the other person, and then the other person focus on trying to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Where's the selfishness in that? There isn't any,
2: and these are being
1: met,
0: so it makes it a lot smoother in the relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, Darrell. So, can you tell me a little bit about that the love language and what those five things are? Like, how can people or couples how can they? You know dive
0: into that a little bit more that because that that's good right there let's talk about that for a few minutes sure um you can go uh research the author gary chapman and he wrote a book called the five love languages and we also have that quiz on our website liveseminars.org where you can take the quiz real simple it's free and it just gives the um couples um, right there, instant information on what your language is. Right? And then the five love languages I want to say are um, touch, gifts, um, quality time, quality time acts, of service. acts of service, and the last one is say, physical touch. Yeah. Um, And uh, words.
1: Mm -hmm. Look
0: at that! See, I love it. See how that wife come on in and give them the answers. Yes. (laughs) So, and like we were saying, sometimes you know, if you have, you know, the gift. I mean, your love language is um, quality time, and then other person's love language is touch. Right. So one of them is trying to get to the touch, and the other one's like, wait a minute, we didn't spend enough quality time. <laughs> and that's where some of those uh, dynamics don't fit. And sometimes mm-hmm. this is as simple as okay, let me sit back, learn my other partner's love language. Because when you do that, then they're going to reciprocate with your love language. And that's how that works.
2: Amen. In addition to that, then they feel like they mesh or that they are, they have an emotional connection. When they don't know each other's love language, they don't feel that emotional connection. And a lot of times when couples are saying, don't," you know, I don't feel connected, they haven't. That's one of the key issues or reasons.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting, you know, that that came up because we actually, my husband and I did a couples retreat I think it was in 2020 I want to say um right before the uh, right before it hit it was on for for Valentine's Day and we actually did the love language test and it was very interesting because mm-hmm. I learned I learned something new and he learned something new you know mm-hmm. and we had been married all these years and we had never taken the test so I do suggest that like it's really really good because like you said it allowed us to now know like what is the love language like and so i'm trying to do this and that's not what he wants you know and then he's trying to do something for me and that's not what i want and so it definitely opens up some you know some doors so that you're able to find that great common ground that now you know what this person likes like if they like gifts then you buying gifts if they don't like mm-hmm. you know sometimes, you know it's like it's, it's funny i thought about when Men keep bringing women flowers, and if they don't like flowers, you know, and instead mm-hmm. of them just saying, I don't like flowers, <laughs> you know, they just take them because they don't want to hurt the person's feelings. But, you know, speak up and like, I don't like flowers. Like, really it's okay. It's okay. Like, you know, yes, we just assume that everyone likes flowers, and everyone doesn't like flowers, you know, so it's very important. So, yes, make sure y'all go. And on the Alliance seminars Seminars.org um, and take that love language um, quiz because
2: I think it will give
1: you some. That's how you keep that sweet and spicy, like we said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. That's how you keep that sweet and spicy, okay? You better know mm-hmm. that love language. <laughs> yes,
2: right. And they will learn more about how to um, even meet those needs of the love languages mm-hmm. for each p- person. So it's a lot deeper than just the five you know, um, topics, but you can right. find in depth information on what can be done to help you um, meet those needs.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So l- l- give me just three things that couples should avoid. Like, I mean, I don't know. That's a, such a general and broad question, but like whatever comes to your mind, just the first thing that pops into your mind.
0: First thing for me is they should avoid trying to deal with challenges by themselves If they know they need help from the outside. Mm. And we're not talking about telling somebody your business. I'm talking about going to a relationship coach, getting marital counseling, because sometimes hiccups happen, as Veronica Mm -hmm. says. And it's okay to go to a seasoned couple or a seasoned professional to get you back on track. Mm -hmm. That's good. I like
1: that. What you
2: got, Veronica? That was a good one. Oh, yes, I agree with that. Um... They should ensure what, what to avoid, um, not wanting to talk about critical issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where being vulnerable takes place um, to really deal with the unresolved issues, because as um, difficult as it is, there is healing on the other side. And I believe if people learn to just deal with the critical issues head to head. Um, there is some you can obtain peace on the other
1: side. Yeah, that's good. That's and
0: good. then the last thing to that third piece is, you know, don't be the one to bring um, all that excess baggage, like Ronka said, to the crowded bed. Mm. A lot of times we bring a lot of past emotions, past feelings, past hurts, and we enter into the marriage with our guard up instead of our guard down, like Veronica said, because I am being united with my new best friend, right? But mm-hmm. if that's my best friend, and I got my guard up just because I remember what happened the last time. You're not putting your all into the relationship, mm-hmm. right? That's why it's good to have that, you know, premarital counseling. To talk about those past hurts, those things that you think that you're over, but really all you did was bury them. Yeah. And then now, sometimes when you bury stuff, right, you put dirt on it, it regrows.
1: <laughs> that's like weeds, you know.
0: Exactly. You exactly.
1: yeah. up like, like a weed. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I, and that's so interesting. I'm glad you went there because actually that's my next topic. I, I said I want to switch gears a little bit, and I wanted because okay. I know that you guys do pre counseling, um, coaching as well, you know, a premarital, let me say. Mm -hmm. And that was my question. Like before marriage, what can dating couples or engaged couples do to prepare for a healthy marriage?
0: Yeah. The biggest thing there is they really need to seek out somebody, whether it's a church, right. um, Again, a marital, um, counselor or a relationship coach because you don't know what you don't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's the key. A lot of people, they have the right intentions. They really do love that person, but they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you don't know, like, when you get into a marriage and then the economy tanks, then all of a sudden there's no financial security there. Right. A lot of times when you go through the relationship coach coaching or the premarital counseling you talk about those strategies you talk about saving for a rainy day right you talk about you know those strategies that what happens if one spouse gets sick that's another thing that happens sometimes yeah, yeah. you know people laugh at be like hey did, did y'all have a physical within the last year a physical what are you talking about a physical i'm trying to get married <laughs> like no 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 we don't want that sickness and all that stuff to come up too soon Right, a lot of times as men, this a public service announcement get your annual physicals mm-hmm. because sometimes we don't get our physicals and then we go into the marriage not realizing there's a health issue that could have been solved. Mm. Right, so those are the things that premarital coaching can do. It can bring up topics and areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've had many couples, they'll say, Wow, like cause we'll ask them at the end of a session, like you know, from one to ten, with one not knowing, and ten feeling better prepared. How do you feel? And they're like, we're at a 20. (laughs) Because they said they will, we would have never talked about that topic in the depthness that y'all brought up. And uh,
2: some of those topics could be red flags as to why you might want to put a pause on the marriage. Not even if the date is planned or whatever, because if they, if you go in with unresolved, you're going to have some issues, but if they're big issues, which we call them red flags, that are detrimental to the marriage and will continue on to linger while after you say I do, it's important to tackle them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, if you already have some concerns or you feel that you're not settled or you got solace to a conversation or to a, a situation, a behavior, Anything like that—that that is a time pre-marriage to deal with them, resolve them, get the help that is needed, and make a decision. You know, is this worth continuing on, or is this—is this a showstopper? You know. Yeah. Um, because marriage is to be eternity until one of you pass away. You know, to death mm-hmm. do you part. Um, And then when you're um, getting married, make sure that you want the whole person. Make sure that this person is, that you're able to say I do to everything about them. And Mm. meaning that the stuff I know now, the stuff I thought I know, (laughs) you know, and all the unknowns as marriage takes place, because there's Mm. some unknown, you can't. T- uh, um, you cannot uh discover each other and everything about each other um in the dating right. phase. Because some right. people have two-week um engagements, mm-hmm. you know, they meet today and they're like, Oh, I gotta have you tomorrow, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just make it two weeks, you know, and really can't afford a wedding, you know what I mean? Right. So make sure that you're also financially prepared for a wedding and realize that the wedding is for everybody else. So make sure that when you do plan your wedding, that you're not trying to go get, you're not getting an additional financial debt, but that you're staying within your means because that's a teachable moment mm-hmm. as to living above your means and being able to be content with where you what your financial status is.
0: And we've had a couple of couples, you know, they came in with one idea when we go through the financial piece and they talk about how they feel a little bit uneasy about, you know, the budget for, you know, the wedding. And after we started asking them some critical questions, you know, like which one would you want to put more money toward, you know, the wedding or the honeymoon, right? The wedding or buying a house. Mm -hmm. And once they thought about it and they were like, you know what? a lot of my friends told us they wish they would have did the same thing spend less on the wedding and more on the honeymoon and like one of them they were able to do a destination wedding and it was already paid for mm-hmm. because all the money they would have put toward the wedding they put it towards something else and it was beautiful
2: right. and so it and for them it was a destination wedding and their honeymoon And their because yes. after everyone else left they remained there.
0: Mm-hmm. one stop shop, that's what I call it yes mm-hmm. <laughs> <All> <laughs> and, they
2: planned. and get yes. you know, and go to someone you know, not so much um, someone to go take additional money, but talk to other people um, to find out new ways and new ideas because we all, mm-hmm. you know, we all know someone that know that is a financial savvy individual that can help us save more than just um in other ways,
1: right, right, awesome, awesome. All right, so now I have a question that I always thank you guys for that because um, mm-hmm. we don't want to leave out the ones that are dating and are pre-married. Sure. Listen, you better listen. You better get that um that checklist and that with the way down thing. <laughs> you need to be knowing everything as much as you can, like Veronica said. to say. And so, it's nothing wrong with that. It's nothing wrong with trying to find out and what what you need to know up front so but i asked everyone this question i kind of i kind of um switched it up a little bit i always ask the question about prayer but now that we have both of you here and that we're talking about marriage i just want to know how important is prayer before and after marriage
0: Prayer is very important because, again, that's one of the foundations that we talk about when we do our premarital coaching and also with the hiccups. Because one thing we found out when the people come to us about the hiccups, like we don't even ask them about what the hiccup is. The first thing we ask them is um, after they share what's on their heart, we go, Okay, so what's your um, prayer life like? And they're like, Can you just hear me? Right, she's got me sleeping on the couch. I said, Okay, let's get past that part. <laughs> what's, what's your relationship like with Jesus? And you said that you know, both of you are Christian. What Jesus got to do with me sleeping on the couch? I'm like, What's your relationship like? It's like it ain't there right now. I'm like, So, what if there is a correlation between your relationship with Jesus and your relationship with your wife? Mm. What if the more time you spend with Jesus? It equals up to more time that you end up spending with your wife. What if more submission time to what the Lord is speaking to you gives you the answers to how to better serve your wife? They miss it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then with the prayer piece, like you said, it's like, okay, you've been praying. I said, give me one of your prayers. I was like, what? I'm like, just give me one of your prayers you know, not pray. And they throw it out there. I was praying for her to not do this, praying for her not to do that, praying for her to let me do this, praying for her to <laughs> let me do that. I'm like, do you see the consistency in what you just described? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what if you flipped those prayers and said, Lord, help me to do this.
1: Mm.
0: Help me to do that. Help me to understand this. Help me to understand that. And once we start talking through those things, they realized that you know one, you want to keep the prayer in your what in your marriage because that's one of the best tools that you have, and I said, and then second, you want to use the prayer as the right tool. That's one thing we always talk about. Veronica's so good about reminding him about the tools, so it's like you're using the wrong tool for the wrong situation. Everything mm-hmm. don't require a hammer <clears throat> yeah, right so if prayer is just one tool and you're not using it, then why wouldn't you use it? And see what type of results you get. And it's so funny because they'll say, Well, okay, we're gonna I'm gonna try this prayer thing. I said, No, 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 no. Don't try this prayer thing <laughs> right for 21 days and then say, Okay, I tried it for 21 days and I'm done with it. No, you gotta make it a part of you for real.
1: Yes.
0: And then see how God changes on your heart. I said, and watch what'll happen. Then they would come back in 30 days or whatever. And they'll say stuff like, I don't know what happened. I was talking to God about something. I didn't even tell her what that was. But it seemed like a couple of days after that, she brought it to my attention. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, isn't that amazing how God works, right? And they kind of see it for themselves. We never promise them anything. We just ask them to take notice, pay attention to Mm -hmm. what God is doing, right? During this new time of fervent prayer. And they see it for themselves. We don't even have to tell them
1: right that's awesome Hmm. yeah y'all know where i am with that prayer that listen that prayer is necessary it is needed yeah it's
2: very right you're very right it's very essential and you know it helps you when you can't both of you can't make a decision and you're torn about it it's great that you would pray together and see how god will respond Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I would say make time not only to say you pray individually but pray collectively you know and then even as you add on your children pray with your children because we are we are the um, role models to teaching our own children about a relationship with Jesus and the Mm -hmm. first way to learn about Jesus is first through prayer and then you develop our devotion and reading the word. And and oftentimes, even when we're doing our own devotion, something comes up that helps us figure out some of our own concerns or decisions that we have to make. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, you don't really know, but God knows, you know that he knows, and he provides the affirmation or the confirmation when you're doing devotion, because why you're seeking him first, you're not mm-hmm. seeking anybody else. You go to him first. Um, yes. Matthew yes. 16, 33 talks about seek ye first six, the kingdom.
0: Six, six thirty three, three.
2: Six thirty three. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> six thirty three. Uh, Matthew six and thirty verse thirty three talks mm-hmm. about seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. The problem is we want to skip God and get to all the other Mm -hmm. things. That's not possible. He's he's the only way, the truth and the light. Nobody comes to him but Mm -hmm. through his son Jesus.
1: Yes.
0: And the interesting part about that is sometimes, you know, you may have a couple where one spouse is a little bit more seasoned in their faith and the other one is not. And sometimes they feel like, well, you know, I don't pray because I can't do it like he does or I can't pray. The way she does and we always try to tell them you know don't put you know those type of things in your mind right mm-hmm. all you got to do is just talk to god just like the way you and i are talking mm-hmm. and because sometimes as we start working with them it's not that they don't want to pray or they don't believe in pray they just never were taught mm-hmm. right and they see what they see on tv and it's like if i can't bring down the thunder then i i'm not good <laughs> at it And it's like, dude, that's just a fallacy, man. You don't have to break down the thunder. You just got to talk to like, you know what, God? I don't even know what I really want to say right now. I know that's right. But I know that I do need to talk to you so I can have the right mindset that I don't raise my voice, you know, at my spouse. And then when you start talking about praying for your spouse, for some some people, that's a new concept. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because they think, you know, prayer is I'm going to pray for what I want to happen. And when we start teaching them, they're like, no, no, pray for God's will to happen. Because God's will may be like, like you might be praying for someone that's going to give you a $1,000 return. But if you say, Lord, let your will be done, that might be a $100,000 return. Which return do you want? I
1: know that's right.
0: We put it back on them. And then they say, well, I want the $100,000 return. <laughs> I said, well, let's go try that and let's see how God moves.
1: And
2: realize that prayer with your spouse is not a competition and that um, allow each other to be who they are in their prayer so that they can get comfortable with it. Because mm-hmm. the more you do it, the more God will continue to develop your, and structure your prayers um, and your relationship. So it's, it's going to be a benefit for both of you if you just allow yourselves to allow each other to be who they are during your prayer time. And most importantly, be sincere about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Don't just do it because, you know, oh, I'm just going to do it because she asked me to do it. I'm just going to do it because he asked me to do it like that. Yeah. Don't, don't do anything begrudgingly when it comes to. And
2: and if you are, if you consider yourself the seasoned Christian in the marriage, don't be condescending.
1: Mm. You know,
2: don't say, well, I I did my prayer and it's on him, (laughs) you know, right there. God cannot even work out that mess, Mm -hmm. you know, and he can't work out a whole lot of stuff, all of the things. But if we come in with the wrong mindset, we have to remember that God looks at our heart Mm. and just how pure is your heart and how true are you in your heart to really want God? Number one, God to answer your prayer. And number two, you you are being realistic in your prayers
0: because yeah. some because some of that too, what people don't realize when we talk to the you know the so called seasoned Christian, it's like okay, so when did God tell you to allow Him to start leading the prayer? Well, I haven't heard that answer yet. Well, then you haven't been talking to God <laughs> <laughs> because if He's supposed to be the head of the household, right? Then you're supposed to prepare situations for Him to take that, mm-hmm. right? So you, know, you don't want to be, and, and some of it, like I told him, it's like those Tyler Perry movie situations. You're you know you're doing all this stuff, but then you wonder why it's happening to you. It's like you're not allowing God to move in the relationship. You're trying to control everything, right? Even if he says, you know, baby, I you, know, you do it better than me, go ahead and pray. Like, no, baby, I know that you still talk to God. I know that you know God. Whatever come out of your mouth for us is going to be good enough. Baby, take mm-hmm. this lead. You have to allow the person to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, You just have to because that's what's going to make the marriage stronger. Mm
2: -hmm. Being an encourager and supporter of each of your spiritual lives is so critical um, because realize that it's for both of you Mm -hmm. and it's for the family. So you can't get in there and get selfish or feel mm. like you, you know, more than the other individual. But when you can sit down and break bread with the word of God together and learn together it's so amazing. Um, and it diffuses so much because then now you see, um, that's why it, it would become a holy hookup. because <laughs> You have gotten out of it mm-hmm. and you allow God to truly be the center. You know, everything can work in a marriage and be worked out when you put God at the center. When God is removed, expect chaos.
0: And we've had a lot of couples that have come to us where the one person that was a seasoned uh, Christian, like after a couple of months, they come and see us. And they'll say, "It's like, I can't believe he praying more than me now. I'm trying to (laughs) sleep in. And he's like, come on, get up. We got to do devotion. (laughs) And they were like, no, "Who is this person? Like, where did this come from?" But those were the ones that really trusted God and said, "You know what? I can do better, right? I can't. Right. I do want to be the head of my household." And again, it's a beautiful thing because um, now they are in that rightful place, right? Not right. saying that you know they're hoarding over their family, but. They're where the man should be, mm-hmm. right? Side by side. Sometimes one person leads the other one, and that's okay. But when you can lead each other side by side, that's where you want to be.
2: You help the other person catch up. Yep. And you be patient, you be understanding, and you be empathetic. Empathy, Empathetic is seeing yourself in their shoes and what it's going to take to move out of those things that may... Um, frighten you or may make you or, or cause you not to uh, feel as comfortable
1: to doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's good. That was a whole lot of nuggets in that one. That was good. I hope y'all taking notes. So, mm-hmm. all right, well, we are coming down to the end, but I always do some Bible trivia with my people. And so I have a question for you guys mm-hmm. and y'all can, you know, Talk it out walk it out whatever you want to do for the answer so The question is in Colossians 3 19 Paul instructs husbands to love your wife and do not be against them And I mean, it's a blank. Okay, so wait, let me go back because I messed up in Colossians 3 19 Paul instructs husbands to love your wife and do not be blank. You got to fill in the blank against them. And so your choices are unfaithful, envious, unkind, or embittered. And so let me read it again. In Colossians 3.19, Paul instructs husbands to love your wife and do not be unfaithful is a envious, unkind, unkind are embittered against them? What's the answer? A, B, C, or D? Give me the answers again. A is unfaithful, B is envious, C is unkind, and D is embittered against them.
0: See, I... I'm thinking like I know from the NIV version it says don't be harsh Mm -hmm. but I don't know what the King James version would say so I know the NIV that's what I use all times I think it says don't be harsh okay so what word
1: there
0: goes with well harsh can be unkind or bitter depending on (laughs) the dictionary you (laughs) use
1: Think we rocking.
2: What, what give me C and D again? C
1: unkind. is unkind and D is embittered. It would have to be embittered because of the word harsh. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is the answer. D is the answer. Yes. So in Colossians 3 19, Paul instructs husbands to love your wife and do not be embittered against them. So I got a bad. Alright, thank y'all so, so much for taking time out, even with the technical difficulties no and all of that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Just before you go, please um, drop your handles or your, your contact information. How can people reach out to you to uh, get to know you, to get to know more about what you offer, your services, all of those things. So, Let the people know that. And then the other thing, I just any final words that you want to leave with the people, anything, any encouragement, words of wisdom, whatever it is that you guys want to share. But first, give them the information on how they can follow you, how they can reach you and all of that good stuff.
0: Yeah, we're still kind of old school. So we got about two ways you can reach us, which is basically (laughs) Facebook right through alliance seminars and then the website alliance org. and again i'm that old school guy so you'll be looking for a text and i'll be calling you like who's calling me on my phone (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's okay it's good i i I love that because you got some people that i love it sometimes you know it's best to pick up the phone because a lot can get lost in translation so i love that and there's a space for that absolutely
0: yes Absolutely. absolutely
1: Absolutely. So, all right. So any final words of wisdom or whatever it is that you want to leave with um, the people? I'll hear from both of y'all. So whoever, whatever y'all.
2: Want. Oh, wow. Um, I would say for the person, for the couple that um, may have hiccups, you know, you're still kind of working things out. I would say, don't be afraid. To, to deal with the critical issues or the different challenges um, because what happens is when you just deal with it face to face and head on, it may not look like it's going to end good, but it will if you guys are both willing to go the uh, extra mile and and, the sacri- and make the sacrifices as necessary. Um, To an engaged couple, I would say heed the red flags before saying I do. Um,
0: You know,
2: red flags don't mean it's not really a showstopper. It's just that you just need a little help to figure out how to overcome those situations.
1: Yes, love it. Beautiful. Um, The
0: two things simply for me is maximize your call. And set the conditions for success people need to realize that your marriage is a calling whether you realize it or not you've been called to marriage so you need to maximize that call that means i'm going to do whatever i need to do i'm going to learn whatever i need to learn right i'm going to check whatever personalities i need to put in check so that i can maximize this calling called marriage and then the second thing is set those conditions for success Right, I was just thinking the other day, like really marriage is like a spades game, right? You don't know what type of hand you're gonna be dealt. Sometimes you think you do. But one thing I love about spades is you go to your partner, you go partner, how many can you get? And you know that you barely can get three books, but you just have that confidence. Like, you know what, baby, I'm gonna get you four. I don't know how to do it. but I'm gonna get you four. And then that builds the confidence of the other person to say, Well, baby, you can give me four. Then I'm going to get four, too. Put us down to eight. Knowing that you only got five in your hand. But that's the beauty of marriage. It's like a stay game. It's like, partner, I got you. I got you.
1: I'm going to
0: find it. a way. If I got to cut, if I got to do something, I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to set the conditions for us to win this hand. Even mm. though we weren't dealt the best hand. Mm-hmm. Mm. If we apply it to our marriage, oh my gosh, you'll have all kind of great yep. things in your future.
1: Yep. I love it. Oh and my, just I work to it.
2: make your marriage thrive. You know, yes. keep the flame burning, you know, find new ways and creative ways to to keep both parties um interested and surprised.
1: Yes. I love it. We about to play some spades up in here. That's it.
0: That's it. I want everybody that's listening to this, whenever they hear spades, I want them to think about their marriage.
1: Yes, I'm about to play some. Sp- I play spades. Yeah, I used. To- Listen, I was never that good at it, so I used to always. <laughs> and it's so funny you said that. Just a quick sidebar before we go. We used to play spades with another. Married couple and I good. used to mess up all the time. They would be so mad at me because I would mess because I had just learned and mm-hmm. I would be reneging and everything. <laughs> <laughs> but that I love that analogy. That is so that's 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 good because people Take them space games. serious, the real so like, Yes, like I used man. Yeah. Yes, they be slapping the table with the cards and everything. Yes. yes.
2: And that's how you should feel with your marriage. It's, well,
1: worth it. it's worth it. I love it i love it i love it well i thank y'all thank y'all thank y'all for sitting down with me taking this time to talk about the holy hookup that was good what Was the holy hookup and what was the other one veronica holy hookup no and uh a healthy
2: marriage
1: yes and the holy but it was something else you said the holy hookup and it was another part you said because i didn't have that part that way i got to go back through my
0: the healthy yeah, hookup
1: hook up and the holy hookup. That's what it was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So I thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all. It's your girl, Jets a.k.a. the Preaker. And y'all know what I always say deuces. I will see you guys on the next episode. God bless. Take care.
0: Lord, put your prayers up. Prayers up. Prayers up. Prayers up. Bless the Lord, put your prayers up. Prayers up. Let's get to